This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink, and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom sub dynamic you've always fantasized about. Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations with a Dom. This week, Moano and I are joined by special guest MJ, which stands for Mistress Jane, who is a London-based Dom who helps people safely discover kink, connection and intimacy. She runs sacred sexuality events, as well as one-on-one Dom sessions. Thank you so much for, for being here, MJ. Ah, my absolute pleasure. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. I'd love to give you a chance to just give us an overview of who you are in your own words and touch on some of the things that you do. God, who am I in my own words? No pressure. <laughs> in three or less. I can do that, actually. So I guess I, I tend to these days call myself like a brilliant little weirdo. So what that means is I do my very best to be authentically me which kind of translates to in the world today we don't really see too much of that like you know people trying to fit in or just following the conditioning which just because they don't kind of know any differently but my personal belief is we've got our own gorgeous unique beautiful brilliant little weirdo inside and it just gets hidden by all of the conditioning that's in the world and kind of my real call or interest is like the darkness and that tends to be like all the hidden things that we repress or get told aren't okay. And that tends to be around sex. And I just love like all things kinky and all things taboo. And so I just really feel like in my brilliant weirdoness, I really love just like guiding people through their own process of discovering their own inner brilliant little weirdo. And if you like kink and sex parties, then come along. (laughs) It's basically how I kind of see myself, I guess. And like, unlearn your shame like heal your past junk your past trauma and all that kind of stuff through you know exploring in a safe and supported way Mm. yeah I love that how have you done some healing then on your past junk and shame and things yeah definitely definitely so I mean I entered this weird and wonderful world about eight years ago kind of on the swingers scene and I did it in a terrible way in terms of like the story's hilarious, but it was like something I had to recover from for sure. And part of that process was this huge resistance of mine to actually go to one of these events, even though it was me who said, yeah, let's do this thing. I said this to my partner eight years ago and I had a massive amount of resistance and then realized much, much later that resistance was because I didn't feel safe in my body because I had no boundaries when it comes to sex. I didn't feel ever safe enough to say, I don't feel like it and that be okay or believe that I could say no to what someone else wanted to do. So that's one part of my healing journey, just getting to the point where not only do I feel like it's okay to have boundaries, that I can now listen to my body, I can ask my body what's okay and what's not okay and then I can take actions alongside of that. Um, But yeah, I've had a huge, huge healing journey like through this whole exploration I would say and definitely through kink like right now I have an early days relationship with the daddy dom and I asked for that because I could really see there was a lot coming up for me that I just wanted to be told I was doing okay 
I just want to be told I'm doing well. And I could really see the benefits of having a daddy who was going to assume that role for me in a very specific way. And I could feel like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. There's a lot of, we, we discuss it often, shame and guilt around around sex. And I guess a lot of people have things they want to explore, but they, they don't. Like, like, like exactly what you said, they don't for various reasons because they think it, they're taught it's wrong or they don't mm-hmm. necessarily uh, trust themselves or where it could lead. So, yeah, it's great to have someone running events, I guess, where someone can go and explore explore that side of themselves which i guess is is what your events are about right and explore the boundaries too Mm. that's i i really appreciated that when we went to your party that you made sure that everyone knew it was a safe space that we're allowed to say no it's actually encouraged to say no and to only accept the sort of touch and interaction that you feel comfortable with so i do i really appreciated that with your event specifically Mm, thank you thank you and yeah i'm doing a massive piece of work on that at the moment actually so the event that you went to was more for brand new people kind of coming in but our more like signature event is more power imbalance I don't necessarily like to say dom sub because part of what we do is about unlearning old labels or other people's labels and creating your own so while there are times when I assume the dom role and then times very few (laughs) when I assume the submissive role but typically at my event we had the power imbalance of like uh, a goddess and a worshipper. And what I'm really seeing is a lot of the goddesses coming in maybe don't feel like they have the permission to really ask for what they want. Maybe they don't feel worthy or even attuned to what they would really like. And then even more for the worshippers who are, who is anyone who identifies as a man or then anyone, any other human who wants to offer worship. For a man to come into that space and think, oh, am I now submissive? What does that mean about me? If I don't, I am actually more dominant. I don't, I don't think I am submissive, but I want to worship a woman. Like that feels okay to me. So really trying to do a big piece of work around how am I getting people before the events to really think about what do these labels mean to them? What are their actual desires? What would make them feel safe? And then how can they go about acting out the things they really want to and actually um chief some of this work has been inspired by you and i know you've got a really thorough sex menu so i'm kind of doing my own much shorter and more sort of like niche i guess version of that yeah yeah it needs to be shorter it's 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 350 (laughs) items on mine so you definitely can't get through that in in a short time so oh that's brilliant that's really great and what's the what's the plan then i try to do a lot of front loading with my events which means before people even get there they've done preparation or Mm. i've done preparation with them especially in the ones where we really push the boundaries like we had one a couple of in february called expansive love which was for any goddess who wanted more than one worshiper and i was thinking oh people might be a bit uncomfortable with this so Let's have, you know, lots of emails that go out before. Let's do lots of preparation, lots of conversations. So my my intention with this one is it would be a like a Word doc or an Excel doc that's kind of already listed out there. You can, it'll prompt you to kind of go through, this is what I'd like, this is what I wouldn't like, or I'm curious about that. And have people have that probably about a week to a couple of days before so they can really sit with it mm-hmm. and they can like have the time to go through and then process it. And then do a little check-in, you know, the day of the event and be like, does this still feel okay for me? 
So definitely not something that they turn up and then they start that process. In my opinion, this, the front load needs to happen before you even get to an event. Mm. Yeah, curious. how did the, that event go? I'm, I'm super curious. Oh, is, is it oh the one my you... God. Is so it... good. Is it? Yeah. yeah. What kind of people? I'm curious what... Do you get a different sort of people to the different types of events you run? Because obviously I've only, me and Moana have only been to, to one type. I'm curious mm. if you see a difference and, and, and in general, actually, what, what type of person generally turns up to your events? Mm. So we have a really amazing community that formed relatively quickly, actually. And they're people who, uh, who I guess what you might call like spiritual people. So like they go to, they study tantra or they're into temple nights and that kind of stuff. Often they might be sort of like polyamorous, definitely like into kink, but usually have kind of found that there's no space where they can get sex, where they can get kink and when they can get heart connected. So I don't know if it's a sort of a type of person, but for the ones where there's a power imbalance, like Sunday worship and expansive love, typically those have been about 80, 75 to 80% of our existing community buy the tickets in the first couple of days. And then I'd say about, you know, what? 15%, 20% are newbies kind of coming in, but they're very similar. It tends to be word of mouth, like their, their friends will say, oh my God, we went to this event, you need to come. Uh, but ones like the ones that you guys came to, and then I've got one coming up called Full Moon Magic, which is about sex magic, and it's a little bit more about energy work and all this wonderful weirdness. This one for you. I saw mm-hmm. at least 10 uh, books on your on your library of sex magic really yeah i'm a oh, huge sex magic that. person that stuff. yeah that's... that's so awesome that's so awesome yeah so we're gonna so i've run this event once before this will be the second time and so we we're actually going to use the full moon to really supercharge yes yes i knew you'd be about it amazing to really supercharge the manifestation but of course it wouldn't be divine darkness without a sprinkling of power imbalance so we're offering the men or anyone who wants to be a human energy offering adds a little bit of like power imbalance. So we're going to like blindfold them, tie them up and then tickle them, tease them and get them all excited and then offer their energy, you know, to the universe as a little bit extra. That's <laughs> oh. fun. Yeah, it sounds very yeah. interesting. Nice very sort interesting. of sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> you, know? you just need a little altar, you know. <laughs> yeah, some incense. Crystals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you meant you so you mentioned there that um you you do one-on-one sessions as well. I'm curious again sort of how that came about and and what those sessions involve and what kind of people come to them. So how did that come about? So well another bit of my healing that I did. I guess when I moved to this country 10 years ago, I always had the thing about I don't really want a nine to five, that doesn't really suit me. And I was like, what do I want to do? And in my mind, the, the words and the vision that I had for it was, I wanted to be a madam, but in like a dungeon. Mm. And I was like, that's amazing. I would love to do that. But then I had all this shame. Like, well, I can't tell people that I do that. What would my parents think? Like, mm. basically, what would society think? And I was, I literally remember the, ta- the conversation in my mind. It was like, you're not going to do that. Just forget about that. And then about... Eight years later, I was retraining as a sex, love and relationships coach and being encouraged to just explore and do all the things that are maybe, maybe interesting. And I remember that I had this desire once to be a madam or to be a mistress. And 
at the time I was dating someone who had some, well, actually quite a bit of experience in BDSM. And he was just very happy to allow me to use his body and to practice. And I started just to go to different femdom events and, you know, go to munches and get involved in like the kinky community. And I was like, oh my God, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So it was really just my own personal exploration, but that was always the vision that I held. Um, Yeah, I would love to do that. And I guess the people that I work with, they've always been men. And either it's been because they have a lot of pressure in the outside world and they want to have that space where they don't have to Uh, think about anything typically that comes with service of different kinds they just want to be told what to do and you know be good boys essentially and we all want that right Mm -hmm. we all want that praise or it has been people who maybe want to take that a little bit further and really want to push the edges of more like ownership uh, and real sort of human training and they tend in those situations they've tended to really quite like a bit of humiliation as well Mm. yeah Mm. there's a whole bunch of other spectrums isn't there but they're the ones that i typically work with is that i mean coming from the submissive perspective i've thought i've not fantasized but i've i've entertained the fantasy of like what it would be like to be a, a femdom or like a dominatrix or something and like I can see the appeal in certain instances. I'm like, like it would be badass, but I'm like, but I'm like, I don't think I would ever be able to do the like humiliation aspect or something. Like it's it's just totally counter to my nature. So, uh, have you found that a struggle, or was that a role that you were able to slip into with ease because of your partners, or how mm. does that work? So both. It's been a struggle and it's been easy. And what I mean by that is the ease came partly from a place of mind that needed healing, that it was a space where another consenting human was allowing me to be really unpleasant to them at a time when I had a lot of negative energy stored in my body and it was an outlet for that. And and so I guess that's also still part of me that I need to watch because that's an ongoing journey of healing, that even though someone may be consenting, if I don't really feel good about the things that I'm doing, that's really not okay. And also there is part of me that is just a little bit nasty and mean and delights in that. And I do like causing a bit of pain. I do like saying hurtful things sometimes. But the difference kind of being there, I had to learn when it's coming from I'm causing pain because I'm in pain, that's not okay and it's not healthy for me um, versus actually this is just some a, a part of who I am and it's allowed to have a healthy expression and it's allowed to be accepted by me. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's quite the distinction. Mm. And so it's still, I can't imagine you. I can't I'm just imagine, imagine you as a doing that. Just... I apologize when I accidentally drop a book so to the book (laughs) yeah i'm not sure how that would work yeah i do because i i have the same i find it difficult sometimes when when i'm you know doming and giving a command or or telling you to do something especially outside the bedroom it just feels wrong that there's still a part of my brain that's like this this can't be right like 
they can't really enjoy this and I'm feeling a bit selfish because I'm demanding they do something for me. So it's, it certainly comes from me from a place of, but you want it at the same time. It's like, well, why shouldn't I ask them to do that for me? Why shouldn't I get my needs met? But at the same time, part of me is going, well, you know, you don't, do you really deserve it? Is this, there's, there's that, there's that conflict I often find. I don't know if, if you feel the same, maybe because you're doing it day in and day out, it, it sort of maybe goes away a little bit, but I still find that, that there's, a, there's a bit of conflict still in my head. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I totally experienced that too. What I'm really working on at the moment, working on at the moment is though embracing those parts of me that this is a desire that I have. And then shushing the voice in my head that says oh no be nicer or you shouldn't ask for that don't ask for too much and who are you to have that actually mm. if this is an agreement with another human and I have a desire for something and they're okay in fulfilling that I personally believe that the more I can lean into it's okay that I've got this desire just embrace it and get it fulfilled like kind of the more powerful I become and the more fulfilling that relationship dynamic becomes but also then looking at what, why am I saying, oh, don't ask for that or be nicer or all those things. Typically, they're from like societal conditioning. Mm. So that's my big piece of work at the moment in like all of those things still come up for me. It's just about, oh, that's interesting. Why do I think that? Mm. And it's even it's strange because even when you say you really want something and I'm, you know, you want me to tell you what to do. And it's just it's just that. You know, society told us to grow up and be nice and, you know, especially as a man, be very respectful to women. And it, it's, it's a bit of a head fuck, you know, mm. it's a bit of a head fuck. And I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are just starting out as doms. And you, you get the people who come at it from both sides. You get the people who are just dicks anyway and, and just think they're being dominant, but they're actually just being idiots. They're, they're not coming at it from the right perspective. And I think most of my listeners, I hope, are on the other side of the scale where they're they're trying to become a bit more dominant because their partner is into it and they do have these voices in their head telling them it's wrong and they shouldn't be doing this. So I, that's that's the sort of group that I much prefer to cater yeah. to. I don't think, think there is a perfect dominant person out there, you know, that is yeah. just like fully embraced in their dominance. I think everyone has to do work in that respect. Yeah. The same with submission as well. Like I still have those same sort of thoughts that come up on my end, you know, and like, is it okay to want this? But also, like, is it selfish? Is it selfish to be on the submissive side of the spectrum and have someone else be the one who's in control? Because then it means that I'm, I don't have any responsibility. Mm. You know, for me, it's, it's a so nice both, little hack. We both think we're but, selfish, yeah. being selfish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I guess is where the will, the will of consent and, yeah. and those kind of exercises come in because you can really get a sense of, you know, what, what the other person wants and you don't just end up doing things because you think the other person wants it and they don't and they're trying to please you and you get into this weird cycle where no one's getting actually what they want at all. So do you think then that your experience is helping you to live more authentically now than perhaps, you know, eight years ago? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm fairly, I guess, out in my life, like, Unless it's like at my day job, I'm not telling absolutely everyone, you know, this is my Instagram page, check me out, I'm a dominatrix or I come to this sex party. But all of my friends know, my family knows, you know, they don't know all the details, but they know what I do. 
and I feel like yeah it's it's lifestyle for me like this is this is every day you know a bit like you guys probably like I read books about it I listen to podcasts about it at events like on a weekly basis god I've got my own and it's like for me it's a huge self-exploration and so I feel like this is kind of the tool that I choose to yeah live my authentic life and that's always evolving isn't it like it's, you, know, you always got more to discover but yeah I I definitely feel like I am or at least I hope that I am <laughs> yeah so it's, it's a constant process of self-discovery isn't it like you, you, we find things that I mean what, what was the latest one I don't know if I should say the, fa- the face fucking but not mm. not throw fucking like literally your face yeah yeah that's that's a fun one <laughs> we, by rubbing my cock on her face basically uh, it's, a, it's a new kink that i'm yeah, getting really turned like, on by all like, the time how now how did she like this i'm like that's great i love this but it's, it's just I, amazing i was like oh my god yeah because you're not that into humiliation on... are you no it's a bit degrading it, it is de- there's there's a at some point i need to do a podcast episode or some little article about the difference between objectification degradation and humiliation because there's they're very nuanced and you can like Mm. them in different degrees if you imagine like a little spider web you're going to have a chart bubble that shifts one way or another and mine is certainly less on the i don't mind being like objectified sometimes or a little bit degraded a little bit degraded Mm. but i don't want there to be the humiliation aspect to it because i think it then it draws into my own shame and it makes me feel terrible about myself and when you have self-esteem issues that's not a good thing Mm. that you want Mm. to experience so yeah i'm curious when you're working with someone and someone comes to you for, for a session how do you how do you figure out what they want because like like we just discussed there someone may say oh i'm into humiliation but as the dom you've got to be careful that you there's that's so vague right that's so vague how do you figure out what it is that they that they actually are after yeah and that's what i mean all of this stuff is like just a work in progress and tricky you know because i said often these people are brand new and you know i'll have an initial conversation and it might be a question like you know what have you explored or what why is it that you're coming what is it that you'd like to explore and they don't really have the language for it they don't know what it is that they want. So, you know, sometimes I'll ask them questions and like describe something. Does that sound interesting to you? Does that sound interesting to you? Mostly I use sort of the kink menu or will, won't, want list to help them to kind of be like, oh yeah, this is interesting. Oh no, that's not interesting. Oh wow. I never thought about that before, but yeah, I would really like to try that. And then after I get that back from them, I'll have more of a discussion and try to unpack that a little bit more. My experience though has been Mostly it's a little bit trial and error because of that lack of language. And I think with the people that I work with as well, articulating things, communicating Mm. things, especially around sex and desires, especially around wanting to explore submission is tricky. There's a lot that comes with that. So, you know, I, I do my best to kind of like front load that and then in the aftercare offer a conversation or even a day or two later offer a conversation. My experience has been though that getting that back from people is a bit tricky as well. Mm. Like how do people articulate their feelings rather than, oh yeah, it was good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And how I sometimes I wonder, do you ever are you it's it's more of a philosophical question. Are, mm-hmm. are you ever as a Dom able to completely let go and what i mean by that 
because again, it's something that, that I always think about, is as a sub, you can kind of relax into it completely in some ways because you don't necessarily have to do anything. But as the Dom, you always have to be mindful of the consent. You have to be mindful of what the other person's limits are. And because you're the one doing the stuff, yeah. there's always a part of me when I'm doing that, that. I'm still in my head. I'm still in my head because I've got to make sure I'm respecting the rules. How as a Dom, can you ever can you ever fully get into the experience? Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally get it. And I, I think it's exactly what you just said. Like, when you're the one holding the responsibility of the doing and of maintaining the boundaries and checking the pain levels and all that kind of stuff. And is that human actually okay? Mm. Especially when it, this is like maybe the first time, well, not the first time, but like the first interaction you've had with them in that kind of way. Obviously, you two have a relationship. These are people that maybe pay me and see me once or twice, you know, trying to gauge that the whole time. Mm. Yeah, I've always kind of got to be watching, paying attention. There's definitely been times when I haven't done that. And I would say it's not been my best work. It's not mm. been my best work. Mm. And I don't honestly feel like I can really dom someone if I'm not fully paying attention to all the things that's going on. I think that I have to get my... I guess gratification from the the things that we're doing not when we're doing them if that makes sense mm. so there was a period of time when I would within my own boundaries agree to do things with submissives that was all for them mm -hmm. and I was just exhausted and I'm like oh this is awful and I was like right it's because I'm not really that into any of these things that we're doing yeah yeah yeah, I've got to be enjoying the actual activities enough that that allows my focus to stay on them and be with them 100%, but I've still got to be getting something from it. Otherwise, it just feels like it's awful and exhausting. Yeah, I think that's quite a trap people fall into there. I've had subs say to me, just dominate me. And you're like, you're literally putting all the work all the work on me. I now have no idea what you want. I'm totally in my head trying to figure out what the hell you want. Whereas, yeah, if you've been playing with someone long enough or or actually sometimes if you initiate as a sub like there was that we always go back to that when i was i think i was stressed or annoyed or something and you were like oh, just i fuck, pushed the buttons the or something. i can't remember what you said but <laughs> uh, i you were just like you, you were just take like off, take out your aggression on me yeah exactly so that I kind, kind of, of gave me you into it yeah and that's i think that's something i see like subs don't often initiate because they mm. think in their head well that that would be me taking control as a sub and that's wrong but actually, it's it's not necessarily that black and white. And that can actually help the Dom sometimes if you give them permission to do something, which you would think the other way around. But by you giving me that permission, it, it helps me abandon some of those thoughts. So we should do that again. That was yeah. that was a fun time. <laughs> just didn't make you angry first. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just yeah, that's I was just interested if, if that was your experience as well. But it sounds like it sounds like there's always a cerebral component to, to being a Dom. You're always somewhat in your head. Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, it's always like the element of safety, isn't mm. it? Like that's always, yeah, I always have to kind of keep at least one eye on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, obviously, that you're kind of starting a maybe DDLG sort of thing going on. So how is that going? What, what does that look like for you going into like a more submissive space? Yeah, so... I kind of like to say in my professional life, I'm quite dominant, but in my romantic or personal life, like, please, 
let me submit like to a worthy human let me submit <laughs> so i mean i i love the idea of submission i do find it tricky to flip that switch i guess and part of it is because who am i submitting to part of it is like i'm a little bit bratty and part of it is actually like you said chief there's a lot of dickheads around that are mistaken about what dominance is and a lot of people lack respect and care in my opinion if i'm giving someone my body and my mind and potentially some of my freedom that needs to have a high level of respect for what we're doing so going into this very cautiously but with someone that i've known for about 9 months and someone that I know also has a little bit of experience, but is still fairly new, but is really up for the communication. And it all sort of started because we were just like at an event and he was helping me and he just ended up like stroking my hair and he was telling me what a great job I did. And like the next day I had a massive drop and I was like crying. And I was like, oh, I just want my dad to tell me I'm doing well. So I, I asked this friend of mine, you know, is this a situation you'd be interested in helping me like explore and work through all these kinds of things and he was well up for it but um because it's also new to me I did exactly what you guys just said I said I don't you know I kind of want these things but let's just see how it goes and I turned up and we had our first experience and I was like this just feels like I'm hanging out with my boyfriend I mean it's lovely <laughs> but it's not really I could see that I wasn't clear about what I wanted but mm. what that allowed me to do was when I left I was like actually I really love it if I just turned up on a cold evening and my daddy said give me a jacket take off your shoes come upstairs I've got a bath for you like a dad would right and I was like oh yeah I really want this this and this so you know you have these experiences that maybe don't go the way you want them to but it gives you clarity mm. um and so now both of us are just like yeah let's do this and it was hard for me to ask I was like a bit embarrassed I said oh I want you to put me in the bathtub and tell me that I'm you know worked really hard today and I, and I deserve looking after and he's like yeah that's cool he's like don't be embarrassed and I was like okay mm. <laughs> it does it does take it does evolve doesn't it you, you you don't always know what you want straight away you have to you have to try out different things and you'll have an inkling and you let that guide you in the right direction. That's what that's what we found in this. Constant communication. Just mm. constant. I think people wouldn't need your site if they just knew how to communicate, you know, or any of these like parties or things like that. Like if if everyone were just openly communicating with authenticity and mm. with their true desires, then it's just and difficult, respecting. isn't it? Because yeah. people are embarrassed, people feel ashamed, yeah. they don't want to ask for what they want. Yeah. It's, or they've been taken advantage of in the past if they have you know there's so much so much going on so i mean what advice would you give to to say let's say a new couple maybe let's say exploring ds so they've been together they they've figured out they they might be into this would you have any advice for actually it can be a, a, a single person or a couple but what what would you say are the main things you would you would say to them? I think a few things. Well, one being exactly that communication piece. Like, be prepared to communicate all the things, especially the things that oh, that I didn't like that, or I felt this way. Not in a blaming way, but like in a we're just exchanging information and, and wanting this to develop and wanting us both to be okay. So definitely, yeah, be prepared for communication. 
And maybe you might want to get some support in that. Like maybe you want to see a professional dom to teach you or, you know, put you to a session together or individually. Or maybe you want to see someone in nonviolent communication. How do I actually learn to communicate? If I'm doing these things that require communication, it's not just about learning the kink skills, that's very important, but what other skills do I need to learn? And I think educate yourself like on those things, like go to workshops, pay professionals, go to events, do your own play 100%. Yes, that's where you get all the practice and all the reps in, as I would say, like being in the gym, but also like educate yourself, read the books, listen to the podcasts, consume all that kind of information. And then also I would just say like, have fun with it and create it to be your version of DES or your version of BDSM. Like we've got these amazing labels that have been in play for a long time and they're always evolving but my version is going to be different than your version and don't be afraid to tweak it and twist it and whatever label you choose to put on it it doesn't matter like just get creative and make sure that it fits you rather than you trying to fit a label yeah great advice thank you where should if they want to find out more about you and your events where should people go to do that so the only Insta that I have available these days is at sex coach Sarah Jane. And I think my link tree is up there for all of my events and all those kinds of things. But when it comes to my events, that's brand new to our community it has to be vetted by a video call first. So that's always kind of the first point of contact, whether someone buys a ticket or they just reach out on Instagram and says, I'd like to come to an event. There's always a conversation about having that video call. But yeah, that's typically where you can find me most readily at the moment. Mm -hmm. And for those who might be interested in coming to one of your events, we did discuss it a little bit at the, at the start, but what what do your events entail? Like I, I'm the one we went to, for example, I don't want to give it away, but do, do you want to give someone just a, an overview of what happens at one of these events? Yeah. So I guess that all of them, they kind of follow a similar-ish format. The one that you guys so generously came to was a little bit different because we had like a workshop and like performances we don't typically have those usually what we'll do is get everyone into the space we'll sit down in a couple of circles we'll bring out some cacao we'll do an opening circle with meditation we'll set intentions with the cacao i usually call it an energy or two just for extra support and love and then I think one of the things that makes us really special is that we go through different connection games, like people might call them Tetra games, but they're just different activities to really get people grounded in the space, get in their bodies, get present to themselves, and then start connecting on a heart level with the other humans in the room. It's like getting that, you know, nice, nice sexual energy or kinky energy kind of raised. And I've got some really amazing support people that like come in and do those practices with me or for me. And then after we've kind of got everyone feeling good and feeling excited, we sort of say, off you go for the free time. And in my community, it's um, just as much kink as there is sex, as there is social. And that's what I love about what we do, that it's kind of like hanging out with friends, whether or not you're getting naughty with them or not. But yeah, and then at the end, we then close the the event, you know, have a whoever's left and wants to express whatever they have to express about the evening and whatever they do to feel complete and then we close it down 
Yeah, no, it was a lovely experience. We didn't manage to make it till the end because you had work the next day, and yeah. it. I'm just old. So but I made it staying much up beyond one a.m. is is too much for me. I made it much further than I have. Yeah. Than any other event, so that's a that's a real testament to the the safe space that you create. Certainly, mm. as someone, anyone who's like highly anxious socially as well as in king spaces. Um, it's a smaller group as well. So it was it's not a smaller like group, KV, more it's intimate, like 2, and it was. There were moments that I was able to just like stop and slow down and ground myself in my body again. And that was really appreciated. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone is likes the sound of that, do go and check out the MJ's Instagram. And as she said, there's a link tree there and you can click on the links and you put your you put the events that are coming up in there. Right. So someone can go through. Great. Well, thank you so much for for joining us today and being so authentic and open and sharing what you do with us and the listeners. Really appreciate it. It's been lovely having you on and we hope to see you at some events very soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I've had like a really fun time and I appreciate the space to just let me speak and say all the things I wanted to say. So thank you both so much. Thank you. Great. (laughs) Lots of love and spanks, as we say. Bye. Bye. Bye.